Oh, this is going to be a good one. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete, A-S-K-P-E-T-E, at petetheplanner.com. And we, we, we hmm, answer the uh, questions on the air. Damien Dunn is the we. Hello, Damien Dunn. I'm the we. I don't know. Well, it was like I was like I, but then I realized it was we because you also are part of this. Nice save. I don't know. Uh, Dame, uh, let's just, oh, I have a very special story I'm going to share with you at the beginning of the next segment, but I'd like to just jump into helping folks right now. So that's what they call a tease in the biz. If you want to hear that special moment, stick around through the commercial break. Dame, first emails from a guy named Phil or a woman named Phil that just has an unusual name, like a boy named Sue. Uh, hey Pete, I'm about to inherit 130k. I intend to sell my house and downsize in two to four years and pay cash for the next house. Dame, this is a very short question, so I'm going to read through it once, and then we'll go back through it slowly because I'm already confused. (laughs) The balance on my 4.5% mortgage is about 180K. And I estimate, are you scratching your beard? Was that a beard scratch sound that I just heard? It was. Sorry, I was deep in thought. I'll stop. No, that's all right. I just, you know. Uh, And I estimate I have $100,000 in equity. Should I pay down the mortgage, wipe out my cash reserves and pay off the mortgage or save the 130,000 for the next house purchase? Are you confused? I'm somehow confused. There's There are a few numbers going on here, but I think everyone would uh, be better off if, if you do read through that one more time. Okay. Phil's about to inherit 130 grand. Got it. Okay. Let's just set that to the side. 130 grand on the way. He intends to sell his house and downsize in two to four years and pay cash for the next house. Okay. The balance on his 4.5% mortgage is about 180K, and he estimates he has 100K in equity. Okay, so, that, okay, so here, there you go. Yeah, roughly a $280,000 loan. He's uh, got 100 positive and still got 180 remaining. Is that how you hear it? Uh, a little different. It's a $280,000 valuation on the home. He owes a $180,000 mortgage, and he has 100000 in equity. Yeah, that's more accurate. You're correct. Uh, so he wants to know, should he pay down the mortgage? I assume he means with the inheritance, mm-hmm. which would wipe out his cash reserves and pay off the mortgage or save the 130000 for the next home purchase. I actually like this question a lot now that we sort of broke it down. The question is, how do you use that $130,000 of unexpected inheritance in the smartest way possible? I'm just paraphrasing the entire question. Does, before we begin to answer that, Dame, does anything with this stick out to you? Anything scare you? Anything give you pause? The only thing that would potentially give me pause. See what I did there? Yes, I, I okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is the, the, the timing of everything that's going on here. Yes, he's going to get uh, an inheritance, uh, but he doesn't want to use it for two to four years. And I don't know if you've noticed, Pete, but it seems like there are any number of things that could happen in the next two to four years. Yes. And I also think, and, and you've seen this, when people say they're going to sell a home, someone who, I, I assume this person's in their 50s or 60s, it's just my guess. When they say they're going to downsize, 
that never means what people think it means. It might mean it downsized in terms of actual size, but the, the financials of it aren't necessarily downsized. Yeah, but the, he also said he wants to pay cash. Yeah, but he would be paying, he has a $280,000 house now. And theoretically, what he's saying is he would be buying a $230,000 house, uh, which while it is a $50,000 difference, it it's a balance sheet transfer and he's in no better financial position by downsizing other than theoretically having lower utility costs. Well, he owns it outright. Sure, but it's still a balance sheet transfer. Yeah. And that equity within the home grows at 0%. Whether he owns it outright or owns $5,000 of it, if it increases in value, it doesn't matter how much equity he has. I understand, but there's he doesn't have any monthly payment to go along with it either. There's there's very little expense going out of his cash flow. And if he is, let's just run with the fact that you think he's 50. Um, if this is set up to try and benefit him in retirement, well, that's potentially a, a nice chunk of change that he doesn't have to worry about spending each month. 100% agree with you. However, it is in my opinion, your esteemed host, that the best way to accomplish, can we make up how long he's got to work till? So that way you and I can give our best answers based on this fictitious hypothetical. Can we say he's 10 years left? Are you good with that? Sure. But I'm really looking forward to the follow-up email that says he's 32. Okay. Let's do it both ways. Okay. So sure. let's start with, let's start with, he's got 10 years left. I think the best way to approach retirement uh, in this circumstance is to grow the $130,000 in market instruments and then uh, make his housing decision and make an effort to pay it off in 10 to 15 years. And even if he makes a run at it over a 10-year period and he wants to swoop and then use some of the $130,000 to pay it off, he will be better served because he will increase his net worth the entire time he does that. That is my answer for 10 years out. What say you? For 10 years out. So I see it a little differently. I, I like the idea of uh, using this inheritance for uh, for the purpose that he's got laid out for it. So if he wants to free up some cash flow now and he wants to be mortgage free, I mean, we don't know anything else about that that he has outside of that. You put it in some place very secure for the next two to four years, gain whatever little bit of interest you can on that money. And then you sell your house and you take that equity and use the 130K and you go on your merry way after you've bought that new house, downsized house, and uh, do whatever you want with the saved cash flow that you're using for a mortgage payment. Here's my concern with that. If he does that, then he'll reabsorb what he's used to having his monthly mortgage payment be. And then for therefore, he will increase his lifestyle as he's heading towards retirement as opposed to decreasing his lifestyle because he will not be used to having that much cash flow 10 years out from retirement. Well, he might, except he listens to this show, so he knows not to do that, and he knows to put that money towards retirement or some other goal. I know to eat well, but I had a patty melt for lunch today, well, right? It's easier said than done. See, this guy was smart enough to email us, though. Well, I don't know. All right, let's say he's 35. 32? What do you want it to be? I don't, I don't know. It's 30, whatever. Uh, same answer for me. And I guess Ooh. does uh, the the uh, the calculus does change a little bit for me. I guess on, on that part, maybe uh, well, you've got a little bit longer horizon there. It probably makes some sense to leverage that cash. You've got a huge advantage right now 
uh, you're, that that money's going to compound you know over the next uh, thirty some years in that case, which could you know it's going to double three times, but, but yeah. at, at least during that period. Well, I can't say at least. Check uh, check Jeez, local listings damn. for. Uh, I get a suit? Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah. Well, uh, how much? Okay, so you bring up a really good point. How much does risk tolerance play into this? Whether it's ten years out or he's thirty two years old. Uh, I would say it matters quite a bit. I mean, your yeah. your time horizon is. I mean, what would you say? Fifty is what you were gonna sure, using your whatever. estimate on. Um, not that long ago, we had a ten year period where the S and P returned zero over that ten year period. Yeah. So let, let's say that if I was wrong on the first one uh, of ten years out, it would be based on the fact that the guy has really low risk tolerance. If he has moderate to moderately high risk tolerance. I think I'm right on the 32 year old. I mean, you and I don't ever want to talk people into a risk tolerance. Sure. That being said, I still agree with myself on the third. I, I, I like when we disagree, not because one person's right and the other person's wrong, but because it, that's the nature of money and problem solving is that there's different ways to look at it. And you have to look at your own personality when it is about you and see which works best for you. I think they're both two decent options. Uh, 30 year olds got a ton more margin for error. So I, I would be fine either way. Coming up after the break, let's see if we disagree on the next one. It's been a while since we've done that. It was fun. A little sweaty. No one cares. Uh, so more of the Pete, the planner show next. This is the Pete, the planner show. I am Pete, the planner. Back on the Pete the Planner Show. Dame, I was in Charleston, South Carolina over the weekend for work. I hear it's beautiful this time of year. It was. It actually very much was. Uh, And I had a magical story that I would like to share with you. Please. I walk downstairs from my hotel room. I'm dressed. And I go to the registration table for this event that I was on a panel at. I walk in. I said, hello, my name is Peter Dunn. I'm on a panel. Just need to check in. And one woman says to me, hello. And then I turn my head to another woman. She says, good day, Pete. No. Yeah. Yeah. Listener. Was she? Oh, listener. I was going to say, was she Australian? No, 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 no. Podcast listener. So special shout out to Katie, who I met in South Carolina. She's from Virginia. Her and her boyfriend, I believe, listen to, she makes him listen to the show on a regular basis. So if I presumably, Dame, they're listening right now, Katie. Thank you very much for your support and good day to you. And Katie's boyfriend, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> what? Being for, well, being forced to listen to the show is no oh. great pleasure. You know what I mean? Yeah, that could have been interpreted a couple different ways. Well, here's what I mean. Katie's obviously brilliant and, and uh, is going to have a wonderful financial future. By the way, talking to her about her little situation there, I love smart people who make really good decisions about her financial life. Obviously, I'm not going to get into it. Very smart young lady. Uh, so anyway, sorry to the guy who has to listen to that. Uh, me and Dave. <laughs> God, that got weird. All right, Dame, here we go. So thanks again. Good day. Uh, dear Pete, love your podcast. I'm always telling people to listen to it. Ooh. How many listeners would we have if that were the case? Like four or five? Um, at the most. We need your advice. I'm 57 and my husband is 62. He's leaving his current job at the end of the year. Uh, to do it uh, because it's an extremely stressful job. Hopefully he will find part-time work. Here are the basics of our situation. He makes $60,000. 
I make $79,000. Dame, did you do the math on that? How many do they make as a household? 139,000 American dollars. We only have our condo as debt. We own 70, uh, $70,000 and could sell it for at least 120,000. Um, she says we own 70,000 and could sell it for at least 120,000. I think she means we owe 70,000 and could sell it for 120,000. Interesting. Uh, assessments. Isn't that weird that you can interpret one letter differently? That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It, she never considered might, that. Yeah, might have been. Uh, it might be O, or it could be she. They you know have equity of seventy thousand. So luckily, it's kind of smack in the middle. So we're we're okay. We'll say sixty. Assessments run two hundred forty seven dollars a month, and our mortgage and taxes are eight hundred and twelve eight hundred twelve dollars a month. We have about eighty grand in savings, twenty thousand in company stocks, and eight hundred thousand American dollars in our four hundred one k's. Nice. My husband gets a car uh, for making it 20 years with his company. They're golden handcuffs for underpaying. <laughs> she notes he can. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> he can choose a luxury car and it will likely cost between 60 to $70,000. I have never in my life heard of this. I'm, have you? I'm already thinking about what car I would get for 60 or $70,000. I've been. <laughs> of course you are. I'm not like I could care less. <laughs> Uh, we'll hit that at the end. I've been saving in my company stock account to pay for the taxes on the car. And the $20,000 I mentioned is for that. Oh my gosh, this is fascinating. Our condo is a third floor walk up and I know I can't do those stairs much longer. So we're looking to make a move. I'm open to a condo or a house. I know you're not fond of condos in old age as the HOA fees only raise. True. My thought is do taxes and, uh, and the taxes are less than half a house, it may be a wash. I don't know what that means. So I'd like you your thoughts on condo versus house long-term. How much more expensive is it to live in a small home? Also, would it make sense to pay for the house outright out of our 401k and not pay all that interest? Or would taxes we pay make that unwise? Help, any direction you have is appreciated. And I'm not going to give her name. Wow, this is fascinating. I've never had a question like this. Have you? No, I at least definitely not the the golden car cuffs. Okay, so let's get the important stuff out of the way just so she feels validated here. What kind of car would you get, brother? Oh man, I at my age, uh you could get a brand new 8th generation Corvette for that kind of money, but that probably wouldn't be a great choice for a a family type of car. So Would would you shave down your beard and just into the mustache when you got the Corvette? If that was part of the uh, stipulation, I would consider it. If there was one car in which you had to wear chaps to drive the car, <laughs> don't you think it would be a Corvette? No, it's a Ford Bronco. <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've ever said. Oh, my gosh. You, you dog, you. Well... So she's definitely should not take the money out of the 401k. For no, the no, I mean, abs- that's, absolutely not. Uh, if I know anything besides that, that was the funniest moment of your life. Uh, no way should she take out that money of the 401k. So uh, lady, I'm not going to give your name out of respect. Do not do that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That's leave that money where it's at. You know, I, I do like some of the math here. I, I will say, when did she say, uh, my husband's leaving his current job at the end of the year because it's extremely stressful, stressful and he'll yeah. find part-time work. I wonder of their 139000 a year, 
how much they actually live on. They must max out their 401ks because they're pretty healthy. Yeah. What do you think? I'm not sure. I I like the question of small house or another condo as well. Yeah, so that's complex. I, I usually don't like condo fees because even when you pay the thing off, they get pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. However, if you're getting older and you're going to age in that house, you don't want to take care of anything. Right. I mean, it's a situation where you might end up paying for those services if you own the small house as well. You know, take care of the yard and and maybe do some snow removal or, you know, have somebody come and uh, um, you know, do some some repairs around the house. I Some of those may be covered already in the, the fees. So it may end up being a wash as you get older. What do you think the chances are that he's 62, he steps away from here? I don't want to say he's going to struggle to find work because that's not really my point, but let's say he he does. And then he says, well, let's just turn on the faucet and then decides to start taking social security at 62. I see that a lot. Don't you? Oh yeah. It's a, it's a big challenge for some people. It's a huge temptation. I mean, you, you leave a job that you've been wanting to leave for, you know, who knows how long or just because it's stressful and you can't do it anymore. You think, you know what, I'm just going to do something to make ends meet. And it becomes a lot harder to find that, that conduit job or that crossover job. And so you just say, you know what, I've earned it. I'm retiring I'm turning everything on and things look a lot different at that point. Yeah. I, I think, you know, last week or the week before, whatever, some week, probably last week, we talked about, uh, when someone loses their job, like, and they just decide to liquidate the retirement account because they think it's the thing to do. I, I think the equivalent of that in step away from a job voluntarily in your sixties is just to go ahead and activate your social mm-hmm. security retirement. And, uh, that can be a regretful decision. How do we answer this? I, what do you think? I, I guess I would argue it's a wash between a, a condo and a small home for an aging couple, right? Yeah, I, I think part of the part of it is going to be the the type of lifestyle you envision going forward as well. I mean, I would I would envision uh, condos being maybe a little bit smaller of a community, or a, especially if they're on a third floor walk up right now. Um, so you you have a little bit more activity around you, and a smaller home is might be a little bit quieter. So, what direction do you want to go? How smart is it that this lady saved $20,000 to pay taxes for this golden hand car? That's amazing. Uh, that was some very, very, either very good thinking ahead or some great advice that she got previously. We talk on this show a lot about trusting people's decision-making processes, and that is one reason I trust this, ladies. All right, so we've got 20 seconds left, Dame. Uh, do not use your 401k to pay off your mortgage. Uh, condo or house is sort of a, a wash, right? Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I think that answers it, right? I think so. If it doesn't, we're very sorry. It's Damien's fault. Coming up after the break, more of the Pete the Planner show right here on the Pete the Planner radio network. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame. Some strange personal news. That's strange. Just life. You know, I had a couple of deaths in the family over the last week. Mm. And uh, that was not, it was not fun. Although it was really great to celebrate two really lovely people's lives. Uh, you know, 
you know how it goes. Yeah, it's tough week. It's uh, very tough uh, sometimes, especially when you got kids. Uh, for that might be the uh, the first time they're experiencing that. I don't know if uh, if your little ones have gone through that before, but my kids haven't, and I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, interesting to how they react and and what they react to. But you know, I got it got me thinking, and uh, I guess let me give a disclaimer real quick. I have no reason to think in either circumstances of the funerals I attended of family members this week that their affairs are not in order. I I don't know that one way or another. But it does beg the question, what does it mean to have your affairs in order? And how can you prevent a terrible moment from your loved ones from turning into an unbelievably awful moment because of the decisions they're forced to make around your passing? So, Dame, it is... Oh, happy Thanksgiving weekend, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like uh, sometimes people don't know. So you don't know what you don't know. Well, let's you and I do our part to help people understand what is expected, what is traditional, what is preferred when it comes to getting your affairs in order. Team, before we get started on this, any general thoughts? I think this is a fantastic topic. It's not one that people like to uh, discuss at you know, dinner parties or anything of that nature, but there is uh, there is a need for this because um, I've lost people very close to me, and I am very grateful that they did have their affairs in order. So uh, I think this is a good message for everyone. Even things like uh, I remember I had a relative pass away, and uh, they chose to have a church service to honor and celebrate the life of this person. Well, the person who passed away, you know, knew that their life was coming to an end, and so much picked all the readings that they wanted at their funeral and they wanted this particular songs and you know they to that level which you know frankly when you get other family members involved whether it be siblings or multi-generations together in a room where you force all those people to say we're all at different levels of grieving what do we think this person would want naturally dame there's going to be some conflict and i think the more you can spell out your final wishes the easier it is on the your survivors absolutely uh there's uh when there are humans and emotions involved especially something like this it has a potential to get really really contentious and that's the last thing that anybody wants at this stage so uh if you can communicate or just leave the, what you want well, and so be it. And that's one less thing that they have to worry about putting together on what is typically a very short timetable. You know, I've never been dying, despite the fact that I guess every day you're alive, you're sort of in the process, if you want to look at it yeah. that way. But I've never been on my deathbed, let's put it that way. Uh, and so I don't know what the feelings are revolving around that, the finality of saying to loved ones, hey, my will is in the cupboard. Or, I don't know where people keep their will, probably not a cupboard. I don't even know what a cupboard is. Hmm. But, you know, saying, hey, here are my wishes. Here they are. You know, I think that can be a really powerful thing. And I, that is my piece of advice that I'm levying right now, Dame. But I also need to admit that I don't know the emotions involved with admitting that you're at that stage. Of well, it doesn't necessarily have to be at that stage either. I mean, this can be done at any time. Uh, you, you could, um, you know, start, you know, jotting things down and, and leave it with maybe a uh, who you've designated as an executor, which uh, goes along with estate planning documents, which you know, we could potentially talk about during this this uh, little segment as well. Um, but it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, you know, on my deathbed as I'm dying, uh, breathing my last breath. This is what uh, I want people to listen to as they're staring at me. Yeah. 
Sarah, my wife, oh, Mrs. Planner, I believe we're to call her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've often told her, I'm like, I, I don't want anyone looking at me. Mm-hmm. Just shut the door or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And she was like, it's not about you in that moment. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it is. <laughs> I feel like it kind of is. What's your thought? What do you, th- such an uncomfortable topic. Joke's the only thing that works. Are we talking open and closed now? Is that what we're going after? Yeah. Uh, closed. All, I mean, closed but you got to, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't feel myself to be aesthetically pleasing and I don't need in my final moments to people, well, beyond my final moments, for people to be like, eh, you know, he could have probably lost some weight. <laughs> well, you want to go a step further? Uh, uh, burial or cremation? Okay, I have thoughts. Do you have thoughts? Yeah, I do. I've got an opinion and I know exactly what I want. Okay, can I give you mine knowing that I'm... Here's the thing. When you come down hard on one of these things, you're not <laughs> saying the other option is bad, but we're going to alienate several people here. Well, unless we come down to different sides of the table and then then everybody will pick a side. And I guarantee we agree. Really? I, yeah, I don't want to be buried. I don't want to be... Cre- I, I'd rather uh, be uh, cremated. I don't want to take up the the real estate. <laughs> I find it to be selfish. It's like, hey, I would like to rent this piece of the earth, a finite piece of the earth for the rest of existence. Like, I find that to be a little weird and selfish. What if they could just uh, bury you vertically? Take up less space. It's still like, here, this is what, you know what, everybody? <clears throat> we got a lot of things going on on the planet, but I am, this space here, <laughs> it's mine forever. I'm, I don't need it. But I want it. Like, I don't know. I feel selfish. And you don't even have to pay taxes on it. It's just yours forever. Well, that's actually a good point. So do we disagree No, on we this? do. I'm, cremation is uh, is already planned for what's left of me. Oh, man. What a great topic today. Yeah. Speaking of cremation, how was your turkey? Mm, a little burnt. <laughs> a little dry. Um, You know, it's weird because the older we get, uh, and it, you and I are in our younger 40s, uh, I feel like these topics are just realistic. Yeah, they're uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not really, like you said, dinner party conversation. But in a way, it's an act of love to take people out of the unknown and uncomfortable situations involved with making these decisions for you. Yeah, if you've contemplated or have life insurance, this is a very logical and easy step to take beyond that. You've already admitted and contemplated the end of your life. So you might as well do a little planning around it. It's going to, if, if anything else, it might prevent uh, someone from suggesting a really bad song that you don't like be played at your funeral. I do have to say, so my, my wife's grandfather passed away and he was a lovely man, 91 years old. He was the first person in their family, extended family that made me feel very welcome. You know, when mm, my wife sure. and I started dating back in the 25 years ago, and his life work was he was a well driller. And he, in Northern Ohio, his life work was he drilled 1,033 wells. That's what he did. What do you do for a living? I drilled 1,033 wells. And when you would drive along with him in his car or your car and through the area of which he worked, he would tell you, oh, yeah, I did that well. It was a tough job. Or I did that one. It only took me two days. And Dame, there's something incredibly satisfying about that entire idea that I think of it often. I wonder how many feet he dug. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, I love that idea of that you did a finite amount of work and, and in a positive way, right? This is what I did. That is my life's work. 
Yeah, that would be tremendously satisfying. I think so. I think so. It's a nice day, you know? It's a nice day. Uh, so anyway, that's this <laughs> that's this segment on our very fun financial show filled with jokes. Do your family a favor and make their job easier by just spelling out what you want. Get down to the nitty-gritty. Pick a casket. If you want to buy real estate and stay there forever, pick a headstone. Like, make it easier on them. It's not macabre. Although it feels a little that way, it's it's a responsible, logical thing to do. Yes. <laughs> next, <laughs> the next segment's biggest waste of money. Wonder if I'll say real estate. Mm, you know, sure. You never know. All right, Dame. Coming up after the break is your favorite part of the show: the biggest waste of money of the week. Tomorrow is Cyber Monday. Uh, if you're listening on the radio. Of course, Giving Tuesday is on Tuesday. So what will this week's biggest waste of money of the week be? Will it be one of these things or something else? All of that is next. This is the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Damien Dunn is here too. That's all we have for now. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Painter show is biggest waste of money. Boom, Dame. Boom. Dame, if I plugged my other podcast, <laughs> is that a bad idea? <laughs> is it free? It's free. Well, then it's not it's a, not a it's, it's not a waste of money. I just forgot and I'm bringing it up now. Plug it. It's, it's like the Wild it? West. Just do whatever you want, man. Okay, I won't bring it up. I, I should have asked you beforehand. You know what? This might work, though. Oh, damn. I'm on a comedy podcast. If you're interested, listen to it. It's called This Might Work. It It's about uh, major monumental business failings. It's called This Might Work. Find it wherever podcasts are found. I don't have to work on the podcast. I just tell jokes, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I really do enjoy it. Th- uh, this week's biggest waste of money of the week is, did I find one, or did I move on without finding one? Wait, wait. You enjoy the other podcasts? Is, are you... Are you- Saying something by not saying something there? I enjoy my podcast with you, but it's work. CBD deodorant. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. I I just saw it. It's extra strength, easy application, CBD deodorant by Nanocraft. Here's the thing, buddy. I Actually, not too many people beat me up on my hot CBD takes. But CBD deodorant? Really? It's an interesting application. Smells like teen spirit. Uh, yeah, well. I don't think that applied there. I, you know, I've smelled some pretty bad teens. I, I would guess this probably can't be that far behind it. How many teens are you out there smelling? That's weird. Dame, last year, you want to hear the number one earner in the celebrity slash corporate I'll give you the number one earner in celebrity uh, world. Uh, period ending. Hold on. Well, that makes all the difference. Well, hold on. Uh, the year 2016 is what we have for celebrity. So uh, 2016, the highest celebrity earner was Taylor Swift in that year. And she made $170 million. In one year? Yes. Okay. The band One Direction made about $115 million. 
Next is the author, thriller author, James Patterson at around, looks like 90 million. Then Dr. Phil, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kevin Hart, and Howard Stern. Okay. During the same time frame, CEO compensation, the highest paid CEO during that time frame was $94 million for Expedia's CEO, Dara, oh boy, uh, mm, Kashara, Expedia? Then CBS, Les Moonves, and then Viacom's Philip Dahlman, Oracle's Mark Hurd. Okay, so compare that to what hedge fund managers made during the same time frame. The number one hedge fund uh, uh, earner during the time frame was a tie between Ken Griffin and James Simmons or Simons, Simons it looks like. So Ken Griffin's with Citadel, which is a hedge fund. James, what I say? Simons is with Renaissance Technologies. They both earned in 2016 $1.7 billion each. Hmm. <laughs> Ray Diallo, Dalio, pardon mm-hmm. me, and David Tepper, who now owns the Carolina Panthers, I believe, they tied at around $1.4 billion during hmm. that time frame. Isn't that crazy? That's man, that the I can't even wrap my head around that. No. What, what a difference there is in those those numbers. I mean, uh, 117 million or whatever you said for Taylor 70. Swift. 170 million for Taylor Swift is a, 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 lot. a, a lot of money. And then to multiply that by 10. <laughs> and then the CEOs like everyone gets on the CEOs Expedia, $94 million mm-hmm. for the CEO. That's a lot. And then you go to the hedge fund managers. That is crazy. Holy smokes. The 10th highest earner in the hedge fund world made roughly $350 million. In oh, man. Year. You know the top nine are making fun of that guy. I would. He's a popper. A popper, I say, or a pauper. So no not, one knows. I'm not sure what Dame, a popper is. There is a bill that would allow tax-free 401k and IRA withdrawals to buy long-term care insurance. Senator Patrick Toomey, Republican from Pennsylvania, plans to introduce a bill in the coming weeks or months that would amend the federal tax code to allow the withdrawal of up to $2,000 for retirement, retirement assets annually to pay long-term care insurance premiums and other policy charges. The withdrawals wouldn't be subject to income tax, and the $2,000 cap would be indexed for inflation. Dame, uh, okay, sure, in theory, cool. Two grand is not going to do anything. No, I, that's not going to cover the ticket for, well, basically Premiums. anybody at, at this point. So um, it's a it's a nice gesture because you know, most people are going to be raiding their, their 401ks at some point to help pay for this anyway. So I think it's a nice gesture that this has been proposed and uh, you got to think that it's um, I don't know, because uh, if the government left things the way they were, they would at least get income tax off of it. But if it's not, um, I guess it's maybe just encouraging people to pick up that long-term care insurance so that it's one less expense. The government has to pay for those that aren't able to afford long-term care insurance. Do you want to hear the sketchy part? Yes. If the person is younger than 59 and a half and they withdrew assets for this purpose under the bill, 
they would not be assessed the typical 10% penalty for early withdrawals either. Therefore, you're going to have long-term care insurance people telling people to pay their premiums out of their with qualified life. money. Yep. You absolutely uh, will. Don't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Long-term care people. Don't do that. But uh, thought, salespeople, I should say. Give me thoughts on the Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade uh, merger. It's not really a merger. TD or Schwab bought TD. Do you have any thoughts? Um, if you have assets at one of those two places, don't freak out. I don't think it's going to amount to much of a difference for you one way or the other. Uh, ideally, things get streamlined a little bit and uh, things get better, if anything else. But I I think the people it's going to make the most difference for are the advisors uh, that are at TD because they're going to have to repaper all their accounts. So I guess if you work with an advisor that has... <laughs> all of their stuff at TD, be prepared for uh, some new uh, uh, new account forms to be coming your way in the not too distant future. I didn't think about that. I have a couple accounts at TD and I just realized, yeah, those are all going to have to be repapered by somebody, not me. Having uh, change broker dealers at one point in my life and repapering all those accounts. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Uh, no one knows what we're talking about. Dame, uh, with our few minutes left, you had some Disney Plus uh, information for us? I do. I don't know if anybody's heard of this, uh, this new thing called Disney Plus. I mean, it, it seems to uh, be kind of popular, but apparently it is so popular that Disney Plus is gaining about a million new subscribers a day. Wow. Yeah. The, and the base service is $6.99 a month. So it's no wonder that Disney stock has been doing okay since Disney Plus has launched. Now, my kids are a little past that age where you can just put on the same movie three times a day, every day, and, you know, just rot their brains. But we are on the free trial of Disney Plus right now. It's okay. There's a ton of great movies, but I feel like we you'd run out of content uh, equal to and in relation to the $6.99 you'd pay a month. I feel like you'd go for a couple months and you'd be like, okay, yeah, I've seen all this. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be a long-term relationship. I think you've answered your own question. You get on there and you watch what you want to watch and then you, you know, jump off. And you know, if uh, you want to catch up on some Star Wars movies before they release the next one in two more years after after this one or whatever it is, then you pop on for a couple of months and pay 13 bucks and keep it going. I'm debating whether or not I tell you what I'm going to do after our uh, session of recording here ends. I have to run to the store because it's pre-Thanksgiving when recording this. I have two items that I have not been able to pick up that I have to go pick up. And I'm debating whether or not I share those two items with you out at the risk of you mocking me for months. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Shallots and blood oranges. Oh, Peter. That's all we have time for this week. Sending good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. Dame and I are very thankful for you listening. Dame, have a good week. Everyone else, you too. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show.